Did you know that it's possible to raise your littles to want to listen to you without the use of consequences, rewards, and bribes? Hi, I'm Kaylee Zeyer, and this is the Chaos to Connected podcast, where we discuss simple yet effective parenting strategies to manage those pesky behaviors we go to bed at night hoping will be gone tomorrow. We're going to stand up to societal norms of disconnection, shaming, and punishments so we can take a deeper look into our child's heart. It's there you'll find connection, and there where you'll find more peace, obedience, respect, and joy. So what are you waiting for? We know those behaviors aren't going to go away on their own. Let's dive in. Hey there, and welcome to the Chaos to Connected podcast. Today, I wanted to talk about some tips for transitioning to school, because I know that time has either come for most people or is coming in the next few days. Um, and the other day on my Instagram, I asked what challenges with behavior people are encountering as they start a new school year, because I know there can be some, I've experienced it. And so I decided instead of trying to answer them in short clips that I would take this episode to provide some insights and tips and strategies that will hopefully help you as you are entering another school year, another daycare year, another homeschool year, whatever that looks like. And if your child or your children aren't school age yet, I think these tips and strategies I'm going to share will still apply to you, just maybe in a different way. So number one is, does your child ever struggle to separate from you at drop-off? And have you found that you hear the response most often? Well, as soon as you leave, your child is fine. And while that that might feel comforting in the moment, I want to break down what's actually happening and then provide a couple recommendations to help make this transition go smoother. So when your child is transitioning and struggling with it, but you hear that he or she is fine after you leave, it's not actually because your child has suddenly stopped struggling with the separation. It's because your child now recognizes those big feelings aren't desired in this space. And it's not that the teacher isn't nice or welcoming, but it's likely that whoever is with your child is obviously not as safe of a person as you are, especially if they don't know this person. You know, maybe they met at conferences or, you know, whatever the pre-school meeting is. Um, But also it's likely that they are trying to distract your child or encourage them to move on from your separation, finding something else to do to get started with to keep them from thinking about that separation. And this is obviously understandable when there's a large class. And honestly, a lot of people simply don't actually have the awareness as to what's actually occurring here. That being said, I don't want to make you, you know, make drop-offs feel more torturous for you. But what I do want to share is that if this sounds like your child, making sure you are allowing listening sessions in the evening and really focusing on not stopping the crying is going to be key here. Once your child is able to process through this big separation, it will go much smoother. And it might be especially hard, you know, if your child, if this is their first time really going to school or even separating from you or... Um, maybe they've gone to daycare for several years to the same person and now they're separating from you to go to somebody they don't know as well, a a bigger building, a different building. 
This can also be a trigger for them into earlier forms of separation challenges. Maybe the first time they separated for daycare or for some other reason, if your child went to the NICU or, you know, something like that, they had to separate from you when you had another child that they can like this transition into a new space, a new teacher, a new routine can be triggering in the fact that it can bring them back to those original feelings when they first experience some of this separation and the challenges that come with that. And so adding in these listening sessions can be especially helpful to process through either old hurts surrounding separation or the current ones or both. Um, The other thing that I would recommend is play that brings up separation in a fun way. So you might be thinking like, I (laughs) I don't get what that is. So for example, hide and seek is a really good one. Because you are separating, you're hiding, and your child is seeking, or maybe, you know, like for for our instance, we have two kids and, you know, a mom and a dad, so often we will split up two and two. And so either way, separating from you to hide or to seek. And then the other one my oldest always loved was when we were playing and he would like get up to leave the room maybe to go well probably not I probably wouldn't do it if he had to go to the bathroom but like to get a drink or maybe he needed to run and get a different toy or something and I would grab onto his legs and with all the theatrics say things like no don't leave me you can never leave me and when we can do it in a fun playful way our kids are having fun but they're also processing this challenging time so you also want to be careful that um you're not like doing it in a way that's making fun of your child, there should be enough separation there from the separation, but also in the way that you're talking and describing it, that it doesn't feel like a negative, shameful thing to them. You know what I'm saying? Um, And if you want more tips on separation, I want you to go and check out episode number 44, because in that episode, I talk more specifically about additional strategies that you can work on to help if separation is difficult for you because it has been for us in the past. Okay, number two, some questions that came in were about increased behavior, complaining, whining, all the things after school. So does this sound like your experience? It's been mine, not necessarily with school, but with daycare before. So these things apply as much to daycare as they do to school. And maybe it hasn't occurred yet because your child is still in that honeymoon phase. But if it does, it's absolutely normal. Your child might be overstimulated, trying to get accustomed to new routines, new ways of doing things. It's a big transition to start school or daycare or go to a new place for these things. But it could also very well be that your child is just not processing big feelings like he or she does at home. So for example, if another child takes a toy at home there might be a fight or a drop to the floor and cry situation where at school your child is probably recognizing this isn't the most appropriate or safe thing to do and so your child is containing it and the problem with containing it and trying to contain it too much is that at some point it overflows and it has to be released and introducing after school meltdowns (laughs) this is the same thing that happens when we continue to take on stressful things and we don't share it and we don't talk about it 
And if you're like me, how I used to be, just kind of more of a perfectionist, people pleaser, I wouldn't, if, if people didn't see I was struggling, I must be doing okay. And I just take on more and more and more. And eventually it becomes too much. And this is the same thing that happens with our kids. So my best advice for this time is to expect it to be a challenge, maybe just for a few weeks, maybe in a few weeks after that honeymoon phase has passed, or maybe for a good chunk of the school year. It just kind of depends on how sensitive your child is, what the classroom is like, you know, what it's decorated like. Sometimes classrooms can be very calm and sometimes they can be overwhelming, even though they're trying to be engaging, right? I think you get my point. The rules and the boundaries might be different. Um, again, even if your child likes their teacher, it's not saying your teacher their teacher isn't nice or or anything like that, but they're not their safe person, especially if they haven't known them for more than this year. And so allowing your child the opportunity to work through it and support them through it. So that is two recommendations for this day listening both in number one and number two. So if you have no idea what I'm talking about or how to actually go about supporting your child through big feelings, I want you to go to episode number six where I dive deeper into this specific stay listening strategy. This will be life-changing for your child and for you if you can do this on a regular basis, no matter what behavior you are challenged with, whether it has to do with school, daycare, anything. Okay, number three, if you know the day is harder for your child, add in some extra calming opportunities into the transition or the routine. So this might look like some simple like fidgets they can squeeze or stretch on the car ride to and from. There's lots of these things at the dollar store or the Target dollar section and they make them really fun. There's like different visual ones. So just looking for some of those things. It could be calming music on the car ride, quiet time after they arrive home, like, you know, setting up your routine so when your child gets home, maybe they go pick a book and they look at books or um, listen to like an audio book for 10 minutes or something. Just that little calm piece of transition before <laughs> getting into the, you know, the craziness of if they have homework or sports or supper or whatever it might be. Maybe you do my favorite activity, which is I like to call mega bubbles. And this is something that we did a lot in the clinic that I used to work with and I think is a really, really great activity for many reasons. But it encourages natural deep breathing, which I know lots of people might try to teach their child deep breathing, which there's nothing wrong with that. If your child is open to that, that's amazing. But I have found that's not really the case for a lot of kids. This deep breathing activates our vagus nerve, which helps calm our child's nervous system. So getting them to do deep breaths is a really great thing. However, if you can't get them to do that by just taking deep breaths, Doing something like these bubbles is a great opportunity because you have to take a deep inhale and then exhale to get actual bubbles. So it also engages several different sensory systems. As you're blowing the bubbles, you're obviously using oral motor skills, but visually you can see the bubbles. 
You can probably hear some of them popping. Maybe your child uses their hand to pop some of them. That's a tactile sensory system. And it's just fun. So your kids likely aren't going to be like, no, I'm not doing that. (laughs) And bonus, you can get started on supper or whatever you need to do to get going while your child is doing this. So how Mega Bubbles works is you get um, like a larger container or a sand bucket type of toy or something that can hold water and you just fill it about maybe like an inch or two depending on your child's age and size and the size of the container and then use a straw or we used to use like pvc like plastic tubing and you just add a little bit of dish soap to the water and then have them blow and the bubbles will rise up they can overflow over the container it's really little mess but it can have a really great effect on their overall nervous system and number four incorporate special time so even if your child seems to transition without difficulty this is something that all kids and parents for that matter benefit from so if you want to hear more about special time and i would highly encourage you to because this is different than one-on-one time for several reasons and in several ways um, and there's there's great reason for that and benefit to it. I want you to go check out episode number one. I always say whenever I reference special time that I think it's so important that I made it as episode number one because of that reason. So be sure to check that out. I hope that you find these helpful as you are amidst a transition, even if that is just a seasonal transition and your schedule isn't really changing much. All of these strategies can be applied. If you're struggling to apply them or even understand how you could add it in or do it most effectively for your specific child or behavioral challenges, please reach out to me or go ahead and click the link in the show notes to see more about the coaching packages that I offer. And if you find you are struggling more with your triggers than your child's behavior, I can help with that too. In fact, as I've been in interviews for other podcasts, Um, I've actually mentioned many times how I used to wonder, you know, what came first, the chicken or the egg, managing triggers or behaviors. And I really truly think that learning how to manage your own triggers is the first step. It is so, so, so imperative. And if you can't manage your own emotions and understand how to allow yourself to feel and process in a healthy way, it's going to be especially difficult for you to do it for your child, right? So if that's you, let's chat about what it can look like. There's no pressure, no commitments required. Um, I just love to get on the phone with you or Zoom, I guess you would say, and share with you what that could look like based on your current needs. And then you have the opportunity to see if it's a good fit. Um, I will link all the episodes that I talked about into the show notes in case you haven't listened to them or if it's been a while. I think these are all good topics to revisit because they are the connection strategies. Um, And they're something that will make a massive difference in your child's behavior if you can implement them consistently. So with that, I will talk to you next week. Real quick before you go, if you felt encouraged and inspired by listening to this show, I'd love for you to leave a rating or review over at Apple Podcasts so we can spread the word to help other mamas feel less alone and find beauty in the behaviors. You can also take a screenshot of this episode, share it over on your Instagram stories, and tag me, at Kaylee Josire, and we'll all do a little happy dance together. 
I love nothing more than to cheer you on along this journey. This work is so hard, but don't forget, God has not only called you to it, but he has equipped you for it. Now go get connected. I'll see you next week.